Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hi everyone. There's some drama going on in Teen Mom World. I woke up today to some drama, which is exciting. So, well, yeah, today. Last night, um, I noticed a bunch of stuff from the reunion started to get posted. I mean, I've been seeing stuff for the last couple of days. It's being filmed in LA this year. I'm assuming because they already had some of the girls, especially the Team Mom Young and Pregnant girls in San Diego for that thing that they're doing, that show. <laughs> like, you know, that thing. Um, so they had them in San Diego and now they're in LA. Team Mom OG and Team Mom Young and Pregnant girls are there doing the reunion. Okay, cool. Uh, yesterday I see a bunch of pictures of the OG girls and by the way she go to my Instagram and look Caitlin <laughs> wore a flattering and cute outfit for maybe the first time ever maybe I'm really I'm really happy for her I'm really proud of her <laughs> uh, she looks great it's like nice to see her in non-baggy clothes she just looks she looks really good I was really happy for her but I did notice that Mackenzie McKee was on these pictures. And at first I was like, huh, where's McKee? And I was like, oh, well, she probably can't be there because she's not vaccinated. As we've talked about, Mackenzie is not just anti-vax, but she's like one of those people that <laughs> posts about vaccines shedding on people. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's like, yeah, I hope vaccines shed. OK, <laughs> give me more of that shit. Shed on me. You know, like shed, shed those antibodies on me, please. I'm begging you. Um, so she's one of those people. So I was like, oh, she probably can't go to the reunion. Um, as we know, like that was a problem for Corey with the challenge reunion. L.A. has pretty similar indoor vaccination rules to New York City. As far as I'm aware, I would imagine that, you know, it's one thing for them to film a crew to film with Mackenzie in Florida, but it, and that's like six or seven crew members, blah, blah, blah. It's another thing for Mackenzie or anybody that's unvaccinated to like go on set at the Teen Mom reunion where there's, they're inside a studio, there's a bunch of people. I don't know. I really don't know like what exactly the rules around that would be. I would hope that MTV would require vaccinations for everyone on set. I don't think it's fair to crew members to put them in a position where they need to be around people that are not vaccinated and not wearing masks because they don't have them in masks on set, which makes sense, right? By the way, speaking of sets, <laughs> that Alec Baldwin story. <sighs> wow. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Literally every single time I read an update about it, it's horrifically worse. Um, it's devastating for the family that lost, like children lost a mother, a partner lost a spouse. I don't know if she's married, but I know she had like a partner. I, it's so fucking sad. Um, it's really worrying and upsetting to me. I'm seeing... Um, like on Twitter, far right and QAnon people who are, which by the way, like we shouldn't use QAnon. I don't think is like a, like an overarching term because QAnon is pretty specific. Like people who believe in QAnon are pretty specific, but it's just so easy. You know, it's like easy to call everyone that's crazy like that, a QAnon person. Um, they're really latching on to, I believe her last name was Hutchinson. 
um, Hutchinson, they're latching onto her because they hate Alec Baldwin, which, like, yeah, we all hate Alec Baldwin. Like, Alec Baldwin's a fucking monster. I, like, he, first of all, none of us have ever forgotten that fucking voicemail to his daughter that he then blamed on Kim Basinger for parental alienation is the reason that he screamed at his teen daughter and called her a filthy pig or whatever he said. Um, but, like, they they really don't like him because he's very liberal, right? Al Podwin is the fucking worst, by the way. You know, he's like Woody Allen's staunchest defender. I don't mean to laugh. It's not funny to defend Woody Allen. Woody Allen. It's just not so. Um, I, I guess there's something to be said about how little Alec cares about others' opinions of him. <laughs> that he really stands his ground when it comes to supporting other abusers. I say other abusers because he's an aggressive abuser himself, as far as I can tell. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that he like punched that photographer in the face and uh, used homophobic slurs against him. It's like we all hate Alec Baldwin. But the right really hates him because he's like a really outspoken liberal. You know, he played Trump on SNL. People... They just hate Alec Baldwin. So now they're latching on to this poor woman and like using her as a symbol of QAnon. That would be so if that ever happens to me, like if I ever die and then for some reason I become a symbol of QAnon, like I'm coming back and I'm haunting everyone responsible. <laughs> the, it's so upsetting. But yeah, that shooting is just it's so bad. It's so bad. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know how you could have possibly missed the move, the news, but um, a live gun was on the set of Alec Baldwin's new movie. We're not really quite sure. It like wasn't a prop gun, I guess. It had a live round in it and it accident. I don't think it accidentally went off. I think he shot it not knowing it was a live round. Um, and he killed one person and like really injured another person. That other person, um, they were like standing near one another. So it was just one bullet. It's just so fucked up. It's so fucked up. How did I get here? Onset filming vaccinations. That's right. So it wouldn't be fair, in my opinion, for somebody like Mackenzie to be able to be at this reunion with all of these people. But I don't know. I So I saw those. I was like, oh, I guess Mac is filming in Florida. And I went and I looked at her Instagram and it definitely looked like she was filming in a different place than everybody else. Like her pictures looked like they were in a hotel somewhere else. They just didn't look like the same set as everybody else. And it's like, well, that makes sense. Okay. They have her filming there. Her dad was there. I was like, oh yeah, they must all just be in Florida. No big. But then I wake up this morning and I see some message, like some posts by Cheyenne that I'm like, what's going on? So then I have to, you know, go back in time and try and figure out what the fuck is going on. And I'm going to walk you guys through what the fuck is going on. So Mackenzie starts tweeting last night, as, you know, Mackenzie likes to do. She says, being left out because one girl hates me. Cool. Somebody replied, I was wondering why you weren't in the pics. I thought you all got along. She said, same. And then she says, I hate how easily my feelings get hurt. Frowny face. And the person said, what's the reasoning behind Cheyenne not liking you? In all honesty, I can't stand her, lol. Mackenzie says, it's the million dollar question. Somebody replies, we hate her too, so it's all good. Mackenzie says, I don't and won't ever choose to hate anyone. But this trip was extremely painful to say the least. So I guess that means she's in LA. Like it didn't seem like she was in LA based on her pictures. It also, it doesn't make any sense that like 
Cheyenne not liking Mackenzie would mean that she doesn't do anything with the rest of the cast. Like, I don't know. So then Macy takes Instagram. Oh, uh, Mackenzie McKee had also kind of been talking shit on Instagram. Somebody had commented, where's Mac and all the pictures and videos? And she replied, Mackenzie replied, Shy hates me, so I did it solo. They're editing me in. What? Like, why? I don't think Cheyenne, like, wields that type of power. She's not a producer. She's not a particularly liked cast member. I just, I don't know. I don't really get what, like, why I'm supposed to believe that Cheyenne has that power. So Macy posts the screenshot and says, I think she already deleted it, but she says, with all due respect, Mackenzie McKee, there is no editing on my Instagram page. Oh, I guess this was on a uh, Macy, like a picture Macy had posted. Mackenzie is replying. There's no editing on my Instagram page. And if we're going to call things out, then we can start now. As far as I'm concerned, you're far too worried about how you're portrayed to people than you are on how you treat people. If you prefer, we can continue this conversation elsewhere. If not, I won't take offense to you on following me. Next time you want to say something that starts a conversation, please don't delete it. (laughs) Okay, then Mackenzie McKee gets on live and I didn't watch it, but I like read a little description of it. That's basically like, they all hate me. I love Cheyenne. Apparently, she went on and on about how much she loves Cheyenne. And she's told Cheyenne she loved her six times. And it's just not reciprocated. And she doesn't understand what's happening and blah, 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 blah. Okay. 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 So then Cheyenne takes the Insta story and posts this. It's it's a couple slides, so it's going to just a heads up. She says, I've done my best to keep this off social media for months, but at this point, I have to tell my side of what happened. After Mackenzie's colored comment came out, she asked to call me and I told her no problem. We had a conversation that she continued to put her foot in her mouth, explaining how she knew nothing about segregation and how black people referred to as colored where she was from. I took my time to teach a history lesson when I did not have to. This is not my responsibility to teach you. Since I am the only black cast member on the show, she felt like she had to call me and explain. After an hour-long conversation, she thanked me for even talking to her because she said her husband thought I was going to be one of the angry black women. They were surprised that I took the call and took the time to explain to her why the term is beyond incorrect. She apologized to me and I explained she did not need to apologize to me. You can't hurt me because I know my history. I am not your colored. Later, it was presented if she would... It was, this is she's saying that but later is presented to me if I would get on a zoom call with her while she talked to the color change so they could in fact give her another history lesson we did the zoom she barely spoke and at the end she repeatedly said I love you no I didn't say it back because I don't know you when I say I love you to someone I mean it no I did not laugh at her I actually explained to her that it was just not a term that I don't that's not a term that I throw around that's not what I was taught at the last reunion she addressed the situation. They also had me address the situation. It was edited out. They also edited out Mackenzie having to be coached over and over and over again on what was to say as she continued on what she was to say as she continued to say uneducated, ignorant, and extremely naive in comments. Every answer she gave brought me into it to the point that they stopped filming, got her on the phone with color of change again to explain how she was in the wrong again. None of this has been shown. Watching her filmer segment showed me after all of the calls and history lessons she received, she still just didn't get it. She was upset that she had to even apologize or mention 
the black situation. Fast forward to the live she did addressing everything because she was upset when the reunion aired at how they edited it, even though they made her look the best. She continued to force this false narrative and playing the victim, bringing my name up again. When I had nothing to do with this situation other than the fact that I am black, that I am the black cast member that you brought into your mess. I haven't spoken on the situation because I clearly see she needs help and shouldn't have to explain myself. Once again, tonight she made herself the victim when in fact she still can't take a second to see what she has done. You continue to plant your to paint yourself to be extremely loving and apologetic when you're not. You are exhaustingly ignorant. I love that line. Let's read that again. You are exhaustingly ignorant. And if they showed what actually happened at the last reunion, people would understand when I would prefer not to be subjected to your presence. This angry black woman liked, would like to be left alone now. Thank you. <laughs> First of all, I love that. Second of all, like, I just, I I just don't believe that it's like MTV like Cheyenne's like I hate Mackenzie I will not be around her like I just don't think she wields that power I think that MTV knows how fucking racist Mackenzie is they were all there to see how shitty she was so when Mac or when Shy says like well I don't really want to be around Mackenzie they're like okay fine we'll edit her in I I think this idea that like I I don't I don't love I do not like (laughs) I don't love implies like that it's not that bad but I do not like the idea that like Mackenzie is casting Cheyenne as like the wielder of power in the situation first of all (laughs) like uh, she's just so what Cheyenne said is so perfect I think like from I feel at a little lost words at this exact second from the top. Like, I really like that she brings up the fact that, like, Cheyenne didn't have shit to do with Mackenzie's comment on colored women. Once again, I'll remind you, I've talked about this ad nauseum, that Mackenzie shared a really racist post about um, Kamala Harris and basically said, like, she's no role model for girls of color no nobody should look up for her for all of these shitty racist fake line reasons then she shared in the comments something like basically calling Kamala colored um she was I guess trying to say woman of color but she didn't say woman of color because she's a fucking idiot now that's bad enough right like I'm sorry I, do, I don't care where you're from it's 2021 Mackenzie is a 27 year old watch watch rich woman who is on television. Mackenzie has access to resources that most of us can't even dream of having. And yet, like, I'm supposed to be like, she's ignorant. She's from a small town. She doesn't know. Like, Mackenzie, bitch, you're on TikTok. Mackenzie is addicted to TikTok. So if your algorithm isn't showing you stuff about race and privilege, like, that says a lot about you. If Mackenzie had any sort of sense, she would be learning a lot from TikTok. But I'm pretty positive her uh, algorithm doesn't show her that. I would imagine it's all Trump shit. Once again, remember, Mackenzie's a staunch Trump defender. Does Mackenzie vote? Probably not. But Mackenzie's so stupid that she thinks the rest of us don't even understand politics because she would repeatedly think of stuff like, tell me one reason you voted for Joe Biden. That's not he isn't Trump. I bet you don't even have a reason. And I think she posts stuff like that because Mackenzie's so stupid that she doesn't under like that. She doesn't understand why anybody would vote for a person. So she thinks that everybody else is that stupid. Um, 
I'm just not here for this like Mackenzie's a small little baby from a small little town and she has no idea about anything and blah, 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 blah. First of all, first, 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 first. Um, Mackenzie's husband, Josh, is, I believe, 50% Native American. I think that's what she said. Um, so like the idea that Mackenzie doesn't understand what segregation is, even though she is from a place like Oklahoma and is married to somebody who is a uh, Native American, um, really, you don't, you don't know anything. You don't know, you don't know anything about that. Not, not one little bit, not one little tiny smidge. You haven't heard anything from Josh's family about things like segregation. Now, I know Native Americans didn't necessarily face Jim Crow laws specifically, but like you mean to tell me nobody in Josh's family has stories about residential schools and discriminations and life on reservations and shit like that? You mean to tell me that? that That's your position, Mac? Okay, let's put that aside. You mean to tell me that nobody in your family talks at all about black people? Mm? Yeah, yeah. They do. And you don't challenge them because you don't know shit. Mackenzie's a fucking idiot is what this is. She's stupid. But here's the thing. I'm fucking sick of people defending Mackenzie because she's just too ignorant to know. Since when can stupid people not be racist? When, since when? Since when? Can somebody let me know when we decided that somebody is stupid so that they're not racist? Because I'm seeing comment after fucking comment after fucking comment on Reddit that Mackenzie doesn't mean bad. She's just stupid. I'm sorry, but there are a ton of stupid people that are racist. A ton of them. So, like, why are we sitting here and pretending like that means anything? Also, like, since when are have we decided that, like, by the way, I'm staring at there's so many bugs that are living on, like, the screen of my window so they're like not in my room or anything but they're so fucking gross and I don't understand why they're there or what kind of bugs they are I need to close my shade I think because it's really grossing me out but like since when since when have we decided that if you're stupid you can't say racist shit and that like if you say something racist it doesn't count because you're stupid um also, like, why the fuck did Cheyenne have to get on the phone with Mackenzie about this? That shouldn't have anything to do with her other than Cheyenne being black. Like, when you get on, like, if somebody was on Team Mom and insulted rednecks or some shit, they wouldn't be calling out Mackenzie and being like, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? Like, it has nothing to do with Cheyenne. So the fact that Cheyenne got on the phone with her in the first place gave her an hour of her time is incredibly generous. And the fact that then MTV pulls Cheyenne and it makes her be part of this storyline. Maybe this is MTV, like maybe MTV keeping Mackenzie separate is their apology to Cheyenne for forcing her to be part of this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like maybe Cheyenne was like, hey, I didn't like the fact that you made me like sit on a phone call with a fucking or with the color of change or whatever that organization is called and Mackenzie idiot McKee and she was still a fucking idiot that whole time and then she was a fucking idiot at the reunion and I didn't like that and MTV was like hey okay so like in the future like we're not going to make you be around Mackenzie I don't know I just feel like if MTV wanted Mackenzie there she would be there I just do not see a world in which MTV bows down to any of their stars like that now I know you're going to say, but when they say they don't want to film, MTV doesn't make them film, blah, 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 blah. But like there hasn't been any sort of like big, huge thing between them. And 
I also think that like if this was just a case of Cheyenne like putting her foot down and showing power in some way like they would have made this less obvious that they were filming separated off so even like when it was Brie that Kale wouldn't be around like they still had Brie around like Janelle or Chelsea or Leah or whatever you know what I mean like it wasn't just one person like totally left out I don't remember what it was like with Farrah but they all hated Farrah and I think they all don't like Mackenzie and they probably all saw what happened and none of them want to be around Mackenzie now I know they're so why is it okay for Amber to be there um, I, guys, it's a fucking different conversation. Okay. Like this is not a conversation about Amber and what she's done. We're not talking about Amber and what she's done. We're talking about Mackenzie McKee being a fucking racist. And I hope that I don't need to go into the Cheyenne tweets about hating white babies after or killing white babies after she watched the help. I've talked about them. I've told you guys, I don't care about them. You can go look at my fucking iTunes reviews. <laughs> Because that gets mentioned in a lot of my iTunes reviews. I haven't looked at those in quite a while, but there are quite a few mentions of those calling me a racist because I don't care that a 17 year old black girl that watched The Help then got on Twitter and made some shitty tweets about white people and white babies. Were they shitty tweets? Yeah, a fucking course. Of course, you should not tweet that you want to kill babies. That's not good. It's not good. It's not good at all. But it's not even in the same conversation as far as I'm concerned. And that is like a hard stance that I'm taking. That is my line in the sand. If that is a problem for you, then this is not the podcast for you. I'm sure you can start a podcast in which you talk about why that's bad because you're just not going to get that from me here. I'm not interested in that. It is not part of this conversation. There, Nothing else is part of this conversation except for what's going on specifically with racist Mackenzie and her castmates. Um, I think the fact that, like, uh, the other girls are clearly on Chai's side says a lot. <laughs> you know, like, someone like Caitlin likes Mackenzie. Like, somebody like Caitlin or even Amber. I bet Amber likes Mackenzie. Macy, I don't think Macy likes that many people. But, like, I personally can't imagine a world in which, like, Amber is like, I will not be filming with Mackenzie McKee because I don't think they've interacted much with Mackenzie. But... I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think it's like, I guess what I'm saying is I think it speaks highly to the fact that they don't like her either. If they are like, I don't know. I think that for what it's worth, I think that if Amber and Caitlin like really liked Mackenzie, they would have made a concentrated effort to include her and stuff during the week. But I think I think the idea that they are just falling along shy is stupid. I do. I really do. Mackenzie is oh and she deleted her Instagram like a fucking coward because she is a coward she's a fucking coward let's talk about this Josh comment (laughs) should we I think we all know that Josh is racist I think we just know that right like we just we all know that but the fact that he was saying to Mackenzie like it just shows how racist they are it's not ignorant it's that they're racist and they don't care to try and not be racist the fact that they were worried that Shy wouldn't get on the phone because she's one of those, one of the, they didn't want her to be one of those angry black women. And she really, with her whole chest, felt comfortable saying it. It's just, it's so shitty. This is the type of stuff that black people, people of all sorts of minority groups have to hear all of the time. Um, I mean, I hear shit like this, like, oh, you're not one of those cheap Jews, like stuff like that. Like, 
And what I experienced probably isn't one one hundredth of the bullshit that Cheyenne has to deal with. I just I feel so bad for Cheyenne. It's so fucking unfair that MTV put her in this position. It's so unfair now that Mackenzie, who is like such a little victim, gets to cry her white woman tears. And I'm using the word woman on purpose because Mackenzie is 27 years old. She has three children. She's not a little baby is victimizing. Um, Somebody left a good comment on my Instagram that was like, Mackenzie knows that people don't like Cheyenne. I mean, like, Cheyenne has not had a good season, you know? Like, Cheyenne has been a bitch this season. Like, she has not had a good season. She's not getting a very good edit. Like, people are kind of at their all-time not liking Cheyenne on top of the the racist, in quotation marks, tweets of hers from 10 years ago or however long ago. Um, So I think that, like, Mackenzie knows that people don't like Cheyenne and that's why she's bringing it up I think if Mackenzie was worried that people would be on Cheyenne's side she wouldn't have said anything but I think she's like well I know who's gonna I know that a large portion of these people are gonna be on my side I don't know I just I hate Mackenzie (laughs) I hate her I think she's a bad person I think she's a bad parent yeah I do full stop we're gonna get into that let me take a quick break and then we'll get into this week's episodes of uh OG and Team Mom Young and Pregnant which were both like incredibly dull but we'll chat about them all right so since we're already talking about her we can start with Mac McKee who (laughs) anybody else catch her say that Jaxie's being held back hmm any Anybody else hear that? Um, because I, I heard that. And while I don't think it's a big deal at all, I don't think it's a big deal hold, deal to hold children back. Um, it, wouldn't hearing that be like, huh? Huh. Okay, so Jaxie is being held back. Maybe it would be a good idea to not send Bronx to kindergarten because I don't want him to be held back once he's already in school. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No. Okay, so Mackenzie realizes that she's a bad mom. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) just kind of funny. So she decides to call a parenting counselor for advice, which, I mean, that's great. When she said that, I was like, good. I think that is appropriate. I think that's a good idea. Um, I'm confused because I feel like Mackenzie wants help and tries to get help but isn't interested in implementing any of the help into her life. You know, she gets the school psychologist or Bronx and then ignores the recommendation. She gets this parenting counselor but didn't seem, I don't know, I would be surprised to see her follow through with anything. I do think it's good that she's trying. Oh, Mackenzie's book came out, which I was thinking about reading. She does reveal in the book that as a child she was molested, which is obviously extremely sad um, and relevant to the conversation that her and Josh are having in this episode, which I'll talk about in a minute. So that was sad. Uh, She also talks about the fact that when she was pregnant with Jaxie, she sent Josh a message saying she was going to kill herself, which... Mackenzie's suicidalness really worries me. I don't think that she gives enough gravity to the seriousness of her suicidal thoughts. Now, 
I do think it's really important to differentiate between suicidal ideation and suicidal thoughts. I personally have suicidal ideation. I've had my entire life. I was actually stunned to find out that not everybody thinks this way. I'm still not convinced that not everybody thinks this way. Um, I know people say they're not, but I personally just think they're lying. I Trigger warning, all things suicide. But let's just put that out there. Just skip this whole thing if this makes you uncomfortable. But like if I have any sort of mild inconvenience, I'm not exaggerating when often when I say that oftentimes my first thought is that I should kill myself. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just kill myself. And so like tr- like if I get a speeding ticket, I'm like, should I just kill myself instead of paying for this? If I don't feel like writing a paper, I'm like, I think I'll just kill myself. Um, I have intrusive thoughts with it where I know this is pretty common. Like I'll be driving. I'm like, I should just drive my car into this rock. There's like this bend near my house. So I have to go around like essentially every single day of my life that I always think about what would happen if I crash my car into it or like what if I drive off this bridge. But they're so fleeting that they really don't mean anything. <laughs> like they really don't impact my life at all. I have never come close to actually being suicidal. I've never made a plan. I've never told anybody else that I wanted to kill myself. I really don't have issues with self-harm in that way. I mean, I harm myself with the way I eat. I harm myself with drugs, obviously, but I don't have like really active self-harm like cutting or things like that. And I've just never, I've never been suicidal. Thank God. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that way that I've never even come close to making a plan. It's just like a, an, an intrusive type of thought where I, I don't know, I like just feel annoyed and I'm like, I'll just kill myself instead of dealing with that. And then like literally that's the only, it's so fleeting and I was going to say rare, but it's not rare. It's so fleeting that, that it's just what it is. It's suicidal ideation. It's just how my brain works. Um, I'm, I'm genuinely not concerned about it. I've told every therapist I've ever had about it. They're not really concerned about it. It it just is what it is. A lot of people have it. Supposedly not everyone. I'm still not quite sure about that, but it's just my like extreme nature, like my extreme way of thinking. It's just the way that my brain works. Um, and I've literally had it my entire, like, I don't remember it. That, that's why I feel so confused when people say they don't, <laughs> they don't have it because like, I've had this my entire life. I've always have, and I think I always will. I just think it's a function of my brain. Okay. So, but then there is somebody like Mackenzie who has had many periods of being actively suicidal. Now, the number one indicator that someone will die by suicide is that they have attempted suicide in the past. And Mackenzie, I'm not sure if Mackenzie has had any actual attempts. Amber Portwood has had actual attempts. I've talked about that. Um, But Mackenzie has apparently been actively suicidal many times in her life. I feel like I remember at least now including this at least three times that she's had a plan and has told somebody else that she by plan I mean a plan to kill herself and that she's going to go through with it um that's really fucking scary to me that's really scary um she she seems to believe that God can cure all of this which you know, as a kind of, but not really that spiritual person myself, I understand the desire behind that. But I I personally don't believe that you can pray away 
something like that. I, I really do think that medicine and long-term treatment are needed. But in her book, she talks about when she was pregnant with Jaxie, she texted Josh and said she was going to kill herself. And he went to her parents, understandably, and they made the decision to call the police on her and basically get her forcibly taken into a uh, hospital. Now, that's so incredibly wrong in every way, shape, and form. Um, I don't necessarily blame her parents and Josh for doing this. I think that we don't know a lot about what we're supposed to do in this situation, especially, I mean, Jaxie's like eight at this point, right? Seven or eight. So this was a while ago. Now, I think Jaxie was born in like 2013-ish. So that was a while ago now. Um, I don't think necessarily they're any that much more educated on it today, but I I get why they did this. It's really upsetting to know that they did that. Uh, if you are ever in this position, please do not call the police. Do not call the police on somebody that's actively suicidal. I do understand that there are certain situations in which like you have to, right? Like there is no other there doesn't feel like there's any other option and we do not have a system set up in the United States which presents a lot of options but like I've been in a case where like I like I've been in a case where I almost had to call right where I I was managing a sober living home my friend like she was my friend she lived there but she was my friend I got a call at work that was like hey so-and-so is like in a really bad spot she's talking about killing herself like you need to come home and help with this and I was like okay um I knew this friend had a lot of mental health issues I think she may have been off her meds she was one of those people that would go off her meds all the time and I would always be like trying to talk to her and convince her to go back on her meds like that was a big part of our friendship um it's so weird that I'm talking about her now because I literally just thought of her like two hours ago and texted a mutual friend. I was like, hey, have you talked to so-and-so anytime recently? I wonder how she's doing. So we haven't really kept in touch, um, which is the case. It's, you know what I mean? It's like the case of any sober living type of friendship. You don't keep in touch with everybody. But I was like, I, I was talking to her and at first she was really resistant. And then I was kind of able to convince her I was like look here's the deal like you can't be here if you are feeling this way um unfortunately like it's not safe for you or anybody else and so here's the deal like if you come with me we can go to x hospital because I talked to so and so and they told me that the best mental hospital like the best place to go for a what do they call it in Florida has a, a Baker Act. It's called being Baker Acted in Florida. In Pennsylvania, I think it's called a 305, 503. And then we know uh, California, it's 5150. So it's like, you know, I, I've had like, because if you are in um, like substance use stuff, like most people, a lot of people there have been in an involuntary uh, mental hold. So it's like I talked to so-and-so, another one of our friends, and I was like, she told me that we should go to X hospital because they by far have the nicest and best one. And she's been to every hospital around here. And if the ambulance or the police come here, you're going to have to go to Y hospital because that's the closest hospital to here. That's where they're going to take you. 
And I was like, so you have the option. You can come with me now and we can get this figured out. And I think that's the best way to do it. And thankfully, I was able to convince her to do that. Um, I really did not, absolutely did not want to have to call anyone. But I would have probably because I was at a facility which feels incorrect because it wasn't actually a facility it's this whole thing with the sober houses I have an episode on my patreon about like rehabs in Florida and the rehab industry in Florida and how uh terrible it is um I talk about that in an episode I did uh, I don't even know over a year ago at this point but if you're interested patreon.com slash Liz explains I think it's pretty interesting I talked a lot about my sober living house I'm I think I did at least (laughs) I I don't know what else, that would have been what I talked about um but like so I was in a position where like I was going to have to do something and I was luckily able to convince her that like coming with me and making the active choice is the best plan um we were talking about this in class recently and my boss who's a therapist was saying like she's there's only been two times in her entire career that she has had to so we're talking so in, in Pennsylvania most places you basically have to break confidentiality if someone tells you they're like an imminent danger of hurting themselves, killing someone or like uh, a child knowing of child abuse. And so we were talking about like what happens when someone does that and she said that there's only been like two times that she's really had to admit somebody to the hospital and both times like she basically was able to work with the patient to to have them like make a choice on what they were going to do even though like technically they weren't really making a choice because like she as part of her like mandated reporter status like was going to have to call and that's like the goal of social work is to be uh collaborative you know like social workers aren't experts you're an expert on yourself we're supposed to be working together, not us in control. So thankfully in that situation with my friend, I was able to like convince her to come with me. Um, And like I said, if she would not have come with me, it's possible I would have had to call the police, which fucking sucks. But there's not really another option in that situation. So I understand what I'm saying is like, I understand that there are absolutely cases in which like you don't have a lot of options or if somebody is like really you're far away you can't get temp like there are cases where like I understand why people end up calling the police it should always 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 be beyond last resort right but the idea that like it's just so sad to think that Mackenzie's neither Mackenzie's parents nor her husband according to the sexer I read on the Ashley attempted to even do anything about it before contacting the police and they immediately contacted the police. And so she's like at in her car in a uh, parking lot. And like the police come to her car and knock on her door and basically like forcibly arrest her. She's seven months pregnant. It's this whole traumatic story. She's like screaming at them that she's diabetic and she needs insulin. They bring her to the hospital. She says at one point a cop basically forcibly tackled her and put his hand over her mouth. It was so bad. And it it sucks because hearing about that stuff, it's like, well, yeah, no wonder Mackenzie doesn't want to get mental health help for herself, right? Like she was traumatized by this situation. And that's why these involuntary holds that are done in this manner are so damaging damaging because it ends up making it so like the person doesn't want to get help in the future it's so unfair like 
I hear about stories of kids whose parents took them to like different type of mental health workers as kids and they were basically another tool of abuse by their parents. I like I hear about that pretty regularly. You either see a psychiatrist who like totally over medicates you, a therapist who betrays your confidence and tells your parents what you said. And it's just so unfair because then that child grows up to be an adult and they're so much less likely to get help and it sucks because they deserve help and like as much as I fucking hate Mackenzie like she deserves help right like she deserves to not feel suicidal she deserves to be able to like be mentally healthy and it sucks that she's had these past experiences and also this like religious trauma that her parents have instilled in her that make her like believe that there's no help outside of like diet and exercise and prayer which just sucks it sucks but I don't remember how we got here Mackenzie oh so Josh and Mackenzie talk about how bad their kids are (laughs) um Josh is wearing a shirt that says COVID with the eye in COVID being a middle finger (sighs) I mean I'm guessing that does not mean like fuck COVID COVID is bad and we don't want COVID so we're gonna get vaccines and wear our masks and eradicate COVID I'm guessing that's not what that means but they talk about the fact that they were both such bad kids Josh talks about the fact that his dad had to beat him with a belt had had to had to you know that word had um, they also discuss the fact that Mackenzie has absolutely zero control over her children. Apparently, all she does is yell. They don't really respect her, which makes sense. Um, she talks about the fact that she just like dropped off the face of the earth for the year that her mom after her mom died. I think she is accurate with that. Like, obviously, I think she's telling the truth, but I think she's actually kind of downplaying. I'm not so sure how involved she's ever been in raising or disciplining the kids. Um, I think that Mackenzie's issues around food and dieting take up a lot of space in her head. So I think even before she got sick, her mom got sick, I think that she spent most of her time um, obsessively working out and thinking about food. Like I do. I think that when you have a really bad problem around not just food, but substances, shopping, gambling, um, video games, any sort of compulsive like behavior can make it really difficult for you to do anything else in your life, right? Like I'm not saying that you can't have an eating disorder, disordered eating issues and be a good parent. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like when you when your life revolves around something like that, it's really hard to let anything else in. Um, And I used to watch her like 100 Snapchats that she would upload a day before her mom got sick. And like she spent hours and hours every day exercising and talking about food and thinking about food. And I'm just not sure how like involved she was in actively like mothering her children then her mom got sick and I think that was like her total focus which makes sense but also she had three little kids at home and then her mom passes and I think on top of all of this she had super bad mental health issues I just I don't think Mackenzie's like ever been that involved but I think for Mackenzie it's kind of like an easy way to pinpoint and an easy thing to be like well my mom died and so for like a year after my mom died I just like checked out and it's like well 
Yeah, but like, what about before your mom died? Were you really checked in? Because I, I don't think the answer is yes. Um, I'm curious about physical discipline uh, with Josh and Mackenzie and their kids. I'd be very surprised if those kids aren't getting spanked and getting spanked often. Like, very surprised. Do I think maybe Josh is hitting them with a belt? Probably not. I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there are still a lot of parents that belt their kids. Belt is a verb is fucked up. Let me not say it like that. But it also makes me sad because Mackenzie talks about how bad of a kid she was. And anytime I hear Mackenzie talk about how bad of a kid she is, I just feel so sad. Um, First of all, like I mentioned a little earlier, Mackenzie has revealed that she was molested as a child and she didn't really realize what happened until she was older and watched a porn video and like realized what happened to her was that um I can relate to that I didn't really realize I was molested until I was older and like put it together um it it sucked when I figured it out but it had also been impacting me I know like I know it had been impacting me for quite a long time before I like really put it together which I think is essentially what uh Mackenzie says is the case with her it sucks that like Mackenzie was molested. Mackenzie has mental health issues. Mackenzie has ugh, religious trauma issues. She's always seemed to sh- like struggle in that department. And she's had clearly a lot of trauma, right? Like clearly she had a lot of trauma. And instead of being able to look at her childhood and be like, whew, I had a lot of trauma. She's like, well, I was a bad kid. And that's because that's what her mom said, right? Like we heard her mom say it repeatedly. We'll never forget that birthday post where her mom said that Mackenzie had oppositional defiance disorder as a child. Uh, She's like, I just see myself so much in Bronx. Like Bronx doesn't care about consequences. I don't know. I just don't like the version of Mackenzie they talk about as a child just doesn't make any sense with the Mackenzie that we know I I feel as much I know as much as I went on about hating Mackenzie and I do hate Mackenzie like hearing her talk about her childhood just makes it makes me feel sad for her It, it makes me feel sad when I hear any adult talk about what how bad they were as a child um and not be able to follow it up with like But yeah, I mean, it makes sense that I was bad because all of this trauma happened to me. And I guess there are just some bad kids, but the reality is, is like most really bad kids have a lot of trauma and it sucks when you can't put those two things together because I I don't really think Mackenzie can. Um, The parenting counselor comes over after work just to observe and (laughs) the kids are so bad. They get home like she picks them up off the bus and Gannon just runs away. He doesn't bring his phone and he just runs out of the house and leaves. I was like, Jesus Christ, that's bad. Like, it's really bad. Um, This is when Mackenzie casually mentions that Jaxie won't be going to second grade. Oh, gosh. What a mess. What a mess. All right. Let's talk about the other bad member on this cast. Bad member. Bad mother, which is Amber. I always want to call her Amber Rose. (laughs) Amber decides that she wants to meet up with Gary and Christina so they can kind of move forward, which I think is good. I think that's correct. Um, Didn't really hear her apologize to Christina the way that, in my opinion, she should be apologizing to Christina. She definitely owes Christina a huge apology that it 
just doesn't really sound like she got, you know, like it, it sounds like it was kind of like, well, you know, whatever, maybe she sent a text, but definitely not as much as she should, in my opinion, and not as publicly as she should. Gary makes it really clear that like he's down for the two of them to talk or the three of them to talk and move forward. But like his timeline is not Leah's timeline. I was really glad to hear him say that. Um, You could tell. And I mean, Amber basically said as much that she wanted to commit to a schedule in which she could bring James over to Gary's and Gary kind of refused to do that, which I thought was good. I was like, good for Gary. Gary's actually surprisingly good in this episode. <laughs> Um, they go out for lunch. Amber shows up super late. <laughs> They've already ordered. And Gary says something like, well, you know, you got to watch your mouth. And Amber's like, yeah, well, you know, like, you know, I have my mouth. And Gary's like, and your thumbs, too. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gary, basically, his thing is like, we can be good. We can be good. I just don't want... um. Leah to feel any pressure from us he does say he's glad that he can just be up front with Amber he doesn't feel like he's walking on eggshells which is really good Amber afterwards is talking to the producer and she's like I just think like I need to wait for Leah to come around and like when I wait long enough she will just like me and my mom and it's like well I know I'm I mean yeah but no (laughs) yes but no that's it's like yeah but also no She does say specifically that she never chose a man over her daughter. She's like, and anyone who says that, I mean, like, I care. I care. Girly, Leah's not coming around. You can wait all day long, but if you don't fucking acknowledge what you did to her, which is choosing men repeatedly over her, she's not coming around. Amber's as I've said a million times, Amber is obsessed with the drugs thing, obsessed with the the jail thing, and like refuses to acknowledge that the main issues are Matt and then Dimitri probably. Like, what's going on with Dimitri? Wasn't she talking to him again? Are they back together? Is the board, can you travel from the Netherlands here? I would love to see Amber move to Europe. <laughs> Actually, that's what I really want for Amber. I'd love to see Amber strutting around the streets of the Netherlands, riding a bike. (laughs) I wonder if she would like it. Imagine Amber trying to learn a different language. (laughs) I was just really glad to hear Gary basically be like, we can be on a good term, but that doesn't mean you and Leah are. I can't speak for Leah. Okay, basically nobody else had anything. I Here's the deal. I actually skipped through most of Cheyenne's scenes, which I do not do, especially when taking notes for this podcast. I do not care about Zach's, like, obstacle course to prove that he can change a baby's diaper. Those are antics that I do not support. I will not support. We will not be seeing them. My eyes will not be watching them. My mouth will not be discussing them. Uh, Zach does say that he, you know, after talking to Shai's dad, he really understands that he needs to get a career. So he's picked a career, which is real estate. There's just something very funny about the whole thing. But, I mean, that's good, I guess. Uh, uh, It's better than nothing. I mean, Zach's job is being on the show Team Mom OG and doing Instagram ads. 
I don't know why they can't talk about that, but that's what it is. <laughs> um, okay, so Macy's entire episode was her and Taylor fighting about him not helping her clean out a garage. Okay. And then they fight about a fucking vasectomy. I'm sorry. Did we not have like 18 episodes on this storyline a couple year ago? I... I, I truly, I truly do not care. Taylor's an asshole. He's not going to get a vasectomy. It's about what it comes down to. Apparently, Tyler, though, is going to get a vasectomy because Tyler's not an asshole all the time. <laughs> Either is Taylor. But um, Kate and Tyler talk about wanting Nova in the, the room when the baby's born, but it's just not possible. I forgot that Bentley was there when Maverick was born. God, that seems like so long ago. And I mean, I guess it was. Maverick's what six this year I think he's turning six in May so he's like five and a half when did we get so old you guys I was with somebody that graduated high school in 2018 and like we are kind of in a peer she's an intern at my place that I'm interning to she's the undergrad intern and I'm like I feel like we're peers <laughs> I feel like we're the same age and yet I am 12 full years older than you <laughs> uh, but we like the same clothes and outfits and clothes and outfits and music and tv so like I really am like 20 guys I don't know what to tell you <laughs> oh goodness gracious um, so yeah, they want Nova to be there, but she can't be. And that's kind of about it. Um, then is that it? Is that everybody that's on the show? We talked about Cheyenne. We talked about Macy. We talked about Amber. We talked about Mackenzie and Caitlin. Yeah, not much happened on this episode. I mean, the Mac McKee stuff was interesting. I like it when Mac McKee's being a mess. I like she adds an, an element of messiness that I enjoy. Okay, um, as far as Team Mom Young and Pregnant, I took notes, but only on like the first 20 minutes of it, 15 minutes, no, like 30 minutes of it, but we can talk about it. So Brie, oh, okay, Brie actually, Dan, her ex, uh, popped up and he sent Brayson a gift, which I was pretty surprised about. Um, remember, Danae now goes by Dan. And so Dan pops up and... Brie had a really relatable experience here in which she calls Dan and she's like, so how are you? And Dan's like, well, I have a girlfriend and she doesn't want me to talk to you. And you could tell Brie was like, fuck, because you know that she wanted Dan to like come visit her. Like that's some real shit when you are in like kind of a desperate place. And so you call your ex and they're like, well actually because you're like great they'll give me the validation I want like they'll hook up with me like this is good it's all good they are obsessed with me I'm the one that's in control and then you call and they're like um well actually I have a girlfriend and you're like wait what say what (laughs) oh Dan looked good I was happy to hear from him I would be interested in seeing what's going on in his life I'm curious about like his stability I have I follow him on Instagram on the Feathers account, but I don't think I um I don't think I like have seen him in a while. By the way, someone commented to me on Reddit that Mackenzie filmed she was in LA, she did film. She thought they were all filming separately. 
<laughs> I don't know. I guess I just don't care if she gets bullied. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I'm pro-bullying. I love when people get bullied. Psych. Psych, psych, psych. We were talking about bullying. I was talking about bullying today with the teen girls at my internship and like they're all so nice and it makes me so sad when they talk about like kids in their school that are getting bullied. I'm so glad I never have to go back to high school. Like not that life is great now, but oh God, I'm so glad that I don't have to do that. Okay. So yeah, Bree is basically just like, she's, you can tell she's let down that Dan is like, I have a girlfriend and we can't really talk. And she's like, we can't even be friends. And Dan's like, well, yeah, we can be friends, but like, I don't, I don't think my ex really, or my girlfriend really likes it when I talk to my ex. <laughs> so Bree decides she's going to get back on the dating apps. Her mom is like, okay, good, but like, maybe let's keep it slow. Let's keep it slow this time. I mean, Bree for her, I think has gone quite a while without a significant other. I don't even remember the name of that guy that she was dating. Remember that guy? And then they broke up and it, he leaked the text of Bree sending him all those fucking translers. Do you remember that? That was so awful. And like misgendering him on purpose. That's gross. I wonder. Ugh, ugh, I, I forget about that, but just not good. It's not good. Um. So there's Dan and then that guy. What was his name? Robert that moved to Washington with him. That real dud. Then the other guy that came and, like, just, like, moved to her house <laughs> from nowhere. Just moved to her house. Um, and then I think she hasn't dated anyone, at least publicly, since. So I think it's good that she's going to be dating. I think she wants a partner. I wonder if she'll date women. Because I think she was with Dan before Dan transitioned. I think. Although I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe she's not interested in women. I think in my head, I remember them saying that her and Dan were together before Dan transitioned, but that might not be true. It's possible that she's been with Dan since he transitioned and she only dates men. But I do remember her having like a a pride shirt on in season one. So I don't know if she considers herself part of the community or not. I think she's talked about being pan before. I would have to look into this, but I think she has. I would like to see Brie date. Actually, I think really what it is, like, I'd just like to see all of them date women. <laughs> I really want Amber to, like, get healthy and find, like, an incredible woman to be her life partner. To me, that seems really nice. Will that happen? No. I'm sure. I'm sure it will not. But I would like it to happen. Okay, I thought that Kayla J had a pretty compelling storyline this week, which is she decides she's going to go to counseling um, because she really wants things with Mikhail to be better. She doesn't like the way that they fight. She doesn't like kind of the controlling nature of their fights. And her friend is like, well, you should see, you should go see a counselor. By the way, did you guys see the baby in the car seat? <sighs> The straps were so long. The chest clip was basically in little baby Mecca's lap as Mecca was essentially like half out of the car seat. That was upsetting. That was really worrying. Um, That that upset me. <laughs> and I don't normally notice stuff like that on T-Mom because of the way that I watch it. And by that, I mean like on a cell phone, just listening, not looking at the picture. But I happened to catch this and it was... Not good. But she goes to see a counselor and I I was glad for this. I actually think it'd be really nice 
when they bring in new cast members, they have them go to counseling sessions. <laughs> it's a good way for us to learn about them. We learned a lot about Kayla in this situation that I had no idea about. Oh, I just got a weird, creepy WhatsApp message. Okay, that was spam. Um, but she goes to therapy. She's talking to the counselor. And basically, she's saying that, like, she doesn't want to fight. She uh, she had a, a good insight, which was, like, I don't think it's good for Mecca to be around all of these new girlfriends. But it's also not good for Mecca to hear us screaming about it. And I was like, Kayla J, yes good job. That is right. That like you are right. It's neither of those are healthy. You have to be able to find a middle ground. Um, I really like Kayla J. I think she seems pretty smart. I think she seems to have it pretty together. I mean, we meet her as I talked about last week. We meet her on this show when she has a job. She's caring for this child mostly by herself she has her own apartment. She has her own car. She has very little family support. So for that, I thought it was pretty, like, I am pretty impressed with her. I really, I think that she has a pretty good head on her shoulders. I think she's very in love with someone who is not in love with her back, which sucks and it fucks up a lot of her stuff. But I think in general, like, she has a, she has some shit figured out. She's like Jade in that way, right? So Kayla goes to see the therapist. She's talking about the fact that she knows her and uh, Mikhail, uh, they trigger each other, right? Like they know how to trigger each other and they do it. And she does not want to do that anymore. She talks about the fact that she grew up in a really abusive home and she started, I was crying actually watching this. Um, she talks about the fact she's like, well, I was raised by two moms. And the counselor was like, can you explain that? I, I, I feel like I'm list- missing information. I was like, oh, fun. She has lesbian moms. But then she doesn't. Um, I don't think we've had anybody on Teen Mom who has non-straight parents, like openly non-straight parents. But she explains that she had a biological mother. And there was a woman. I don't know if she said her sister or like her sister. I think she said like her sister. She had a biological mother who was quite abusive, and so she was taken out of that situation by this other woman. I'm assuming this other woman is Erica. I think her name is the woman that we've met, um, but I feel like they also kind of were... I don't know, actually. I'm I'm not sure. I assume that to be the case, but I'm not sure. Um, so she got taken out of that situation. I don't know if that means she was adopted or if she was just raised by this close family friend. And she felt, she's felt extremely like neglected her whole life and abandoned and she loves her mom, but she has always felt like something's missing. She's gotten to know her biological mother in the last couple of years, but they're not very close. I don't know. She was just crying. It was really sad. She did say at one point, which kind of made me laugh. She goes, I think that's the only thing wrong with me. And the therapist goes, what? <laughs> she goes, my childhood. I think that's the only thing wrong with me. <laughs> it's like yeah I guess it's just I don't know the way she said it is so funny I'm pretty sure what she was trying to say is like that's my big trauma like I don't have a million other things that happened (laughs) I appreciate the therapy session felt pretty real and it felt like a really good way for the audience to figure out what's going on 
All right, so the other Kayla, I can't, I can't figure her out. I'm, I feel confused over her. She goes to meet up with this guy, Ryan. He looks like Isaiah. He does. But at the same time, I think that he and Kill look like, like Isaiah and Ryan look, uh, excuse me, Kill and Ryan looked like. So I think that's why, like, I think Isaiah looks like Kayla. They have this conversation. Um, Ryan lets us know that he was not pulling out. The way he said it was just very blunt. It made me laugh. Um, he basically says, like, he wanted to be with Kayla. She made the unilateral decision not to be with him, which makes sense. She wanted to be with Stefan, right? Like, we all know that. He says that something similar happened with his first son's mother, which I was like, wait, what? Like, what do you, what do you mean something si- like, is this the second child that you're figuring out is your child like after the fact? If so, like, I think you need to make some smarter decisions on when you pull out would be my guess and like who you pull out with. Like, But Kayla said that she thought like basically the only reason he was saying I might be Zay's dad is so they could get back together. Um, Kayla's just, she's, seems into this whole conversation I don't know she seemed happy with the conversation happy to be talking to him in a way that kind of surprised me she's like well you know like if Zay is your son like I will owe you an apology for three years (laughs) Ryan's like yeah but an apology doesn't make up for time which is true because Ryan asked for the DNA test or like asked if he could be the dad uh back in the day like when this happened although like the other thing is if Ryan really thought he was this child's father he would have demanded a DNA test via the courts I guess they're young I don't know what like I know she was fucked up and she wanted to be with Stefan and she was too blind to see how abusive he was but like she could have avoided so much shit so much shit when that baby came out looking nothing like Stefan she could have easily been like that's Ryan's baby and everyone would be like okay sounds good Okay, um, oh, somebody, mm, no, I think somebody left a comment somewhere about looking up Stefan in, like, the Illinois court system and couldn't find anything, re-family court and, like, establishing paternity, but now I can't remember. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay, so her and Luke have a conversation about it, right? Did I take notes on this? I don't think I did, and now I can't remember anything her and Luke actually talked about. Um... Yeah, sorry. (laughs) That's fucked up of me. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But basically Luke, oh, Luke feels like, now I remember, Luke basically feels like this guy's popped up because he's like trying to get back with Kayla. And Kayla's like, well, he asked me three years ago. And Luke is like, okay, well, like you never told me that, which I don't know what's going on. I'm really rooting for Luke and Kayla. I am. But like, I Kayla seems like bored with Luke maybe I don't I don't know it seems like she wants drama which I think is definitely unfortunately I don't think I know is definitely like a symptom of having like abusive relationships in your past like being addicted to the chaos like Kale and I kind of think Kayla might be kind of into this little possible chaos and drama which is a shame because she does seem happy and in love with Luke and I hope that she can kind of just settle down and be happy and in love with Luke okay uh Kaya basically just talks to uh what's her face to Carla Xavion's mom and is like look 
I need to handle this, not my mom. I want us to have a relationship. You don't need to go through my mom. Carla does say that she wants to talk to Tiffany, but later Tiffany's like, nah, I'm not interested, <laughs> which is good. Good for Tiffany. Okay. And then Rachel is still staying with her friend and she says she's going to start at this factory next week. It's at nights. There's no way Rachel's going to be working at this factory. By the way, I'm sorry, but it is fucked up if you star on a television show in your second season and you still have to work at a factory to make ends meet. Like MTV is fucked up for the way they pay these girls. That's so shitty. That is so shitty. She should be making a living wage filming this show. MTV probably makes how much money off of her? It's such bullshit. But she calls her mom to see if her mom can watch Hazley at night. And her and her mom have this conversation that they're going to be having for the rest of their lives where she attacks. She's mad at Stephanie for abandoning her for the first however many years of her life. Then she comes back and apparently she puts Rachel out on the streets. I had I don't think I'd heard that one before, but that's what Rachel says. She puts her out on the streets and her and Stephanie get into this huge well not into this huge fight because it's like Rachel having a fight and Stephanie just kind of taking it and eventually she's just like okay I don't really want to have this fight let me know when you need me to watch Hazley and hangs up the phone but Rachel's like I'm 18 I can make my choices stop treating me like a kid and Stephanie's like well I'm just worried about like your choices and Rachel Rachel just has so many issues. Mallory and Stephanie meet up to like talk about Rachel and talk about the situation. And Mallory like randomly has really good insight about her family. <laughs> She's like, well, you know, Rachel's just doing this because there are no consequences and she can fight with you whenever she wants and scream at you and you always let her come home and she's just going to keep doing it. But then like she'll say similar shit to her to Rachel about Stephanie. And it's right, though. It's, it's interesting. Mallory is an interesting little bird. She seems to have a lot of insight about a lot of things, but a complete inability to apply it to her own life or not be a mess in her own life, which is a character I like for reality TV. It's also a character I relate to quite well. That's it for this week. I hope that there's some more drama. I hope that Mackenzie McKee continues to get called out. Um, if you want to hear me talk about stuff on my Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Last week, I talked about The Way Down, the HBO Max documentary. I believe this week I will be talking about Bam Margera. Next week, Colleen Ballinger, a.k.a. Miranda Sings. Come and check it out. Enjoy some non-teen mom talk. For everybody else, I will talk to you next week. Have a great week. Love you guys. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.